You're listening to a news story on the audio version of The Taiyi. Thanks for listening. The Taiyi is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So, if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetaiyi.ca and become a Taiyi builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel any time. Significant Archaeological Dig Resumes After 70 Years By Amanda Follett Hosgood August 31, 2022. This summer, archaeologists resumed an excavation interrupted 70 years ago by the flooding of one of BC's largest hydroelectric reservoirs in what is believed to be among the richest archaeological areas of the province. The excavation is taking place in an area known to the Cheslata Carrier Nation as Tatachek, 100 kilometers south of Burns Lake on the shores of a chain of lakes that form the Nechako Reservoir. The 900-square-kilometer reservoir, BC's second-largest water body after Williston Lake, was flooded in 1952 to power Rio Tinto Alcan's aluminum smelter in Kitimat. At an event held August 27, Rio Tinto, a multinational mining company that merged with Alcan in 2007, announced it would contribute $2.8 million to the project, which is being led by the Cheslata Carrier Nation. More than 100 new archaeological sites and thousands of artifacts have been identified so far, some of them believed to date back more than 10,000 years. Archaeological evidence from the project is expected to shed light not just on Cheslata history, but the history of indigenous settlement and migration throughout the continent. It's really significant to the Cheslata membership as well as the archaeology field, Chief Karina Lewin said. How did people live? How did they survive, way out there, in the middle of nowhere? It's a proud thing to know that our people could survive back in the day, and just survive off the land. The site's significance was known even before the area flooded 70 years ago, said Mike Robertson, Cheslada's senior policy advisor. When it became known that the area was going to be flooded, it really concerned the archaeology community, Robertson said. In response, UBC commissioned an expedition in 1951 and 1952 led by Dr. Charles Borden, considered the grandfather of archaeology in BC and founder of the Borden system, which is used to map archaeological sites in Canada. What he found astounded him, Robertson said. It was off the charts. He was overwhelmed at the scale of the human use and occupation of that area. One of the biggest archaeological expeditions the province had ever seen, the UBC team worked dawn to dusk, seven days a week in the months leading up to the reservoir's flooding. In letters home, Borden wrote to his wife about the unspeakable archaeological richness of the area. Their work wrapped up at the end of September 1952. A little over a week later, on October 8, the Kenny Dam shut off flows into the Nechako River and the reservoir began to fill. The vast majority of village sites at Tatachek would soon be submerged under several meters of water. Of all the known archaeological sites mapped by Borden at Tatachek, 95% of those sites are gone forever underwater, Robertson said. Flooding of the Nechako Reservoir had profound impacts on the Cheslata. The nation currently has about 360 members, 140 of them living on the reserves that are now scattered throughout Southside, a region that lies between Francois and Utsa Lake south of Burns Lake in northern BC. But the nation's territory traditionally extended farther south, with village sites dotting the shorelines of lakes, flooded by the reservoir. In the 1950s, the Cheslata were forced to flee village sites at Utsa and Utsuk Lakes, now part of the reservoir, due to rising water. 
Cheslata Lake, to the north, would become part of the reservoir spillway, which diverts water into the Nechako River below Kenny Dam. The Cheslata were forced out of their village sites on Cheslata Lake with two weeks' notice in April 1952. Seasonal water releases through the spillway have swelled the Cheslata River to nearly ten times its original volume, eroding its banks and washing away grave sites. The erosion has revealed ancient human burials, including six individuals dating back 4,600 years, one of the province's most significant archaeological discoveries to date. While archaeologists are also recovering human remains found at Cheslata Lake and adjacent Murray Lake as part of the current project, Tatachek, with its rich store of artifacts vulnerable to the reservoir's water fluctuations, has been the focus of this summer's excavation, Chifuin said. The village sites there, once home to hundreds of people, were abandoned prior to the flooding of Nechako Reservoir. When the first wave of smallpox swept through the BC interior in 1838, the communities at Tatachek were all but extinguished. That was devastating, Robertson said. It decimated at least 95% of the Cheslata people. Also known as Tatachek Lake, Tatachek is the Cheslata spelling for sick water, a name derived from the enormous losses suffered by the smallpox epidemic. The Cheslata who remained, estimated at about 50 people, moved north to Utsa and Cheslata Lakes, areas impacted by flooding of the reservoir more than a century later. Cheslata have been trying to relocate the lost village sites at Tatachek for decades, Robertson said. In the early 1980s, a traditional land-use study worked with elders to create maps of the territory and village sites. Then, in 1992, archaeological field reconnaissance revealed massive house pits in the area near Tatachek Lake, Robertson said. But we never found a concentrated village, he added. In 2018, wildfires tore through the region, clearing out brush and exposing undulations in the earth. Combined with information gleaned from LIDAR imaging, which is used to detect impressions in the ground, Cheslata sent crews, armed with the maps produced by elders in the 1980s, to the area in 2019. Archaeologists followed in 2020 and 2021. That's when we found and understood the massive area, the scope of these villages. It wasn't just a little collection of house pits. These things were everywhere for miles, Robertson said. The nation began planning an excavation. The remote location and difficult access made it complicated. Other than flying, an hours-long boat ride is the fastest way to the site. They presented a budget to Rio Tinto Alcan in January, Robertson said, and the company agreed in May to contribute $2.8 million in funding. In an email, Rio Tinto said the funds are intended to secure the site for one to two years. Depending on what is found at the site, this could be a multi-year project, media relations advisor Malika Cherry said, adding that preliminary findings indicate a multi-year dig with great significance to the history timeline of the carrier people and the occupation of BC. Chief Louine said she believes the project will continue for several years and said the nation is prepared to request more funding, if needed. Lead archaeologist Dana Ivashchuk, with Pathfinder Endeavors and Prince George, said the wealth of archaeological knowledge buried at Tatachek could take me to the end of my career and beyond. There's so much there that can be excavated and information gleaned from, she said, adding that the project will look at incorporating university field schools, another potential source of funding. She said the project's archaeology team, 
which includes two Cheslata members, has discovered well over 100 sites, about a third of them depressions in the earth likely used as homes and gathering places by the region's earliest inhabitants. Based on the style of artifacts found at the site, it's believed that the area has seen continuous occupation for more than 10,000 years. It just shows that people have utilized that area for a very long time, up until the smallpox epidemic in the 1800s, Ivashchuk said. It's interesting to note that the area was able to sustain people for that amount of time. One of the most interesting things about the site, she said, is the great diversity in material type, indicating the villages sat in the midst of a complex trade network. Ivashchuk points to the high number of major trails that pass through the area, including the Bella Trail, that indicate the area acted as a hub. It's too soon to say how far afield the artifacts and materials came from, she said. Analysis of everything from what former inhabitants ate to who they traded with will take place this winter, she added. The use of new technology, such as protein analysis, which can provide information about what creatures were slayed by a projectile point, even thousands of years later, is expected to provide more specific dating, as well as detail about diets. It's also hoped underwater drones could provide the opportunity to map and photograph sites that remain submerged under the reservoir, Robertson said. With much of BC's archaeological funding coming from industries conducting salvage archaeology, defined as archaeological evidence in danger of imminent destruction, as from new construction or flooding, Ivashta credits Rio Tinto with supporting the project. So much of archaeology is development-driven, Ivashta said. So it's great that Rio Tinto is being very socially responsible in allowing us to do as much research, basically, as we would we want from these sites to get the information. Ironically, Borden's dig at the same site 70 years ago has been cited as BC's first industry-funded salvage archaeology project. In a joint news release issued Monday, Rio Tinto's chief executive of aluminum, Ivan Vela, said he believes the project will support all First Nations in the area and the company's reconciliation efforts. We are proud to work alongside the Cheslata Carrier Nation to support this valuable indigenous-led cultural research project, Vela said. This archaeological endeavor has the potential to enhance our understanding of the history of human occupation in the Nechaka watershed and beyond. The funding builds on the New Day Agreement signed by the Cheslata and Rio Tinto in February 2020, the news release said. The agreement was meant to begin repairing the many dark days that followed the flooding of the Nechaco Reservoir, Chief Luin said in a 2020 news release announcing the agreement, by returning Cheslata-led stewardship to the territory and promoting social and economic well-being. It also established a scholarship fund for the nation. The current project is another step in a relationship between the Cheslata and Rio Tinto Alcan that has gradually improved over the years, Luin said. We've been very respectful but we've also been very assertive about what we want the company to fix. We can't change what's happened, we can't forget what's happened, but we can't change it, but we can move forward in a positive manner, she said. We've come a long way. I think we have a long way to go, but we're on a good path. Thanks for stopping by the Taiyi today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to the tie.ca and click on the support us button to pitch in. Finally, big big thank you to all of our tie builders who made this story possible.